0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist I remember somebody saying to me, there's some international hitman that's like an evil James Bond or something. These people were living on top of each other, people that Mago would have seen every day for all his childhood, who ended up becoming involved in, in murder plots against the you know. Well, I would imagine he'd be looking over his shoulder for the rest of his life.
1: I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals Drugs and the Sins of the Underworld, in Ireland and across the globe. His guilty plea has meant little evidence of Padder Keating's role in A Plot to Kill will ever be heard. But behind the headlines lies one of the Kinahan Mafia's highest-ranking Irish executives and one of its most sought-after targets. Today, I'm talking to Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the significance of Keating's guilty plea. His role on the boardroom table of Ireland's deadliest mob. And about James Mago Gately, the assassin's target with nine lives, whose loyalty to the Hutch faction makes him a unique figure in a brutal feud. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So I think I've totted up. This is the fifth individual so far that is going to be serving pretty lengthy jail time for efforts to kill a guy by the name of James Mago Gately. Patter Keating Nile.
0: Yeah, Patter Keating. Um the plan to kill Mago Gately now has been proven to be a very costly one for the, the broader criminal uh Kenahan Cartel. Um and Patter Keating is probably the most Senior member of that gang to come before the courts for this for this offence, and um, he's um, a man who's had almost no convictions during his life, but is regarded as a as a, a very serious organised criminal, but very very much tied into Thomas Bamer Kavanaugh and that wing of the Kenaen cartel. And um, mm.
1: so it's a, it's a big uh, a big conviction, I think. He pleaded guilty, of course, which is. Uh, I don't know whether that was expected or not. There seemed to be some surprise and certainly jubilation amongst investigators um, who were involved in this. He pleaded guilty to directing a criminal organisation who plotted to murder James Mago Gately.
0: Yeah, so these are some of these these charges that are... I mean, they're actually hard to understand sometimes, the language of them. They haven't been generally seen before the courts. I mean, these are part of the newer anti-gang land legislation that was brought in. Um, they're directing the activities of a criminal organisation who, who planned to kill Michael Gately. It's not just the, the normal traditional uh, murder charge or not. And you see these are being utilised now by the uh, by the Gardaí, um to bring people before the courts, um, where they were on the books for over a decade now. They were brought in during the Limerick um I think they were brought in during the Limerick-Gangland feud, um, but they seemed to just rest on the books for a long time and never. nobody ever came before the courts charged with them because they're, they're sort of slightly more complex uh, legal instruments. But uh, you're seeing it now um, again and again with people associated with the criminal cartel.
1: Yeah, so basically, I mean, for years I I was told that it was too difficult to identify a criminal gang. So these are charges that would have been similar to ones that have been used against subversives for years. There's a lot of difference, there's directing a subversive organisation, etc. But that... They were very clearly identified, the IRA, the provisional IRA, the real IRA. These groupings were were clearly identified, whereas a criminal gang, there was a belief for a long time, couldn't actually be seen as a non-movable object because, you know, they are constantly, people are hopping from one to the other. What are they called? Where are they based? Et cetera, et cetera. And what is their, um, you know, what what holds them together? I think actually around the time these charges came in, we were all looking at uh, would a tattoo, a similar <laughs> tattoo, hold a gang together yeah. or whatever. I mean, there was the the early thinking of it, and there was a there was stories in the in the media at the time. There was a one Dublin gang, I think, that did all have tattoos, and uh, they were supposed to be going to tattoo artists in their droves to have them removed, <laughs> so as they weren't going yeah. to spend time in jail. But um, Patter Keating, he's a big a big scalp for the for the Garda's drug and organized crime bureau as you said he was doesn't have a huge amount of convictions but who is he and do we know anything at all about his background well i, I think um patrick keating uh, was somebody who operated uh,
0: as a, again not in the newspapers all the time um, not somebody who was involved in um you know being on instagram with bling and all all of those things but the fact is, he was a very key figure in a crime organisation based in West Dublin, uh, primarily. He was a member of a gang that was a more sophisticated drug operation in terms of, um, you know, in terms of running legitimate businesses. And they were tied in with the, the Byrne organised crime gang. And they seem to have had a, a base of influence after being supplied by by that. Gang in the west in West Dublin, and um, he was um, the brother-in-law of of a man who was uh, Jason Carroll, who was who was shot dead in a totally separate matter, and um, they were. He was probably um, in terms of Thomas Balmer Kavanaugh He was one of his very key lieutenants, and um, one of his most trusted people. A guy that was really directing operations for him in this this key sort of l- very large part of Dublin, of course, West Dublin, you know, Clendalk and uh, Tala, it's stretching all around there. Um, and they were
1: sophisticated gangland criminals, I think, that gang. And as we've spoken about before, after the Regency Hotel murder of, of David Byrne, it was Bomber Cavanagh who came to the table um, with his outfit as they were going to be the people on the ground here that did Daniel Kinahan's bidding. They were going to couple up with him and and they were going to take on uh, the revenge that that was seen as necessary for that murder. Now, at the heart of Patrick Keating's plea this week, uh, guilty to directing a criminal organised crime gang who plotted to murder James Mago Gately, are two very, very, very interesting characters. One of them is obviously Mago Gately, and we'll get to him in a moment um, and why uh, so many people have gone down for attempts to kill him. And the second is a guy called Imre Arrakis, who is an Estonian, ultimately assassin, a celebrity of sorts, who is somebody that was on Facebook and had his own um, YouTube channel where he, he interviews with him were, were posted. And he is already in prison here in Ireland. He's serving time for this plot to kill, which uh, Keating has pleaded guilty to directing. And it was in April 2017. Now, the guardy here in Ireland had got a tip off that there was somebody coming in to the country and they had to basically move very quickly to go out to Dublin Airport to try and pick up this individual, Arrakis. He certainly wasn't somebody that would have gone missing in a crowd, was he? No, I mean, I actually remember the day he was he was arrested and um, I remember somebody
0: saying to me, there's some international hitman that's like an evil James Bond or something. And uh, he was flying in and it just sounded so fantastical. I mean, it sounded just a, a bizarre a, a sort of ageing uh, hitman who'd been involved in... You know, murders across, or you know, murders across the continent and fighting communist forces. It just sounded so uh, uh, fantastical. But of course, that's what it proved to be. And um, Imre Arrakis was somebody that had been involved in criminality for for decades. And um, he'd relocated to Marbella, where he was operating as part of a, a drugs gang there. While there, he seems to have linked up with the Kinahan cartel. Um, at this point, I think that they'd become frustrated, I think, while they'd managed to pick off, I mean, I think it's fair to say, and that's no disrespect to the people who were killed, the low-hanging fruit of the the Hutch gang, they failed to really uh, make inroads in in taking out some of the people that they, they really wanted to. And I think Imre Arrakis, um, you know, colourful doesn't do him justice. Um if talked about Patrick Keating not being on, on 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 Facebook. This is a guy who actively uh, pursued uh, media fame and um, repeatedly posed for. I mean, you can see him looking like a. I don't know if a model is the right word, but just constantly seeking out attention. And he was flown into Ireland to to kill Mago Gately, which was Mago Gately at that time was the number one target for the the Kenaghan cartel. And you heard last week um, during the trial of, uh, during the the, hearing for David Duffy, who was also convicted in relation to that plot, that um, the Kenaghan cartel blamed Michael Gately for having a role in the Regency hotel shooting. Um, Mago, as Gately, has never been arrested or charged in any way in connection with that, but there was a clear belief by the Keenan cartel that this was the person that they had to get in order to, I think, to save face. Um, I think that was a huge part of it, and and Bomber Kavanagh, of course, was going to get Mago Gately in order to avenge
1: his brother-in-law as well. Yeah, and it seemed it seemed in a way by hook by hook or by crook. So David Blinky Duffy pleaded guilty last earlier this week or last week to participating in a plot to kill Gately. So he is actually the third person um serving time. So we have Imre Arrakis, who's already behind bars and currently uh fighting his extradition to Lithuania, which will come to we have David Blinky Duffy and Pater Keating. Two more are um or before the Special Criminal Court in relation to this, but we won't go into details about them. But what we will go into is details about what happened back in April 2017. So days before Arrakis arrived in Dublin Airport on his flight from Alicante, um, there was a tracker device placed on Gately's car. Gately was at the time living in Newry. And we know this because we heard details of texts that were sent between encrypted phones during Imre Arrakis' trial. Um, now, some of the phones were, were were sending messages as regards what could happen, what should happen. At one point, Imre Arrakis had typed um, into his phone and sent to an encrypted phone known as Bon. Uh, it's possible to take him down as... His, he comes out of his car. A silencer would be good. But if the dog is accurate, the, gu- the dog is the gun, by the way, is accurate, it could be one shot to the head from a distance. So Arrakis is sent basically a photograph of Gately. He's given details of where to go. And this tracker device has been put on the car in Newry. So, you know, it's a very sophisticated plot. Um, Arrakis comes in to Dublin Airport uh, and he's dressed as supposedly as a sort of a hiker stroke fisherman. But he stood out. And I know that when the um, the undercover officers were scrambled to Dublin Airport, it didn't take them long to see him in the crowd. He's six foot tall. He's long blonde hair. He's very, was certainly very distinctive looking back then. He took a bus into the city centre um, not realising he had an undercover officer on his tail. And he walked up and down O'Connell Street, went into a few shops, bought a little bit of uh, what was described in court as geared to disguise himself with. Um, he walked around Champions Avenue where Patsy Hutch lives and on up around uh, at the area of the North Inner City where Gareth Hutch was previously murdered, up around Avondale House. And then he made his way out to a house in Blakestown where the following morning he was arrested and where these phones were seized and photographed so as these encrypted messages couldn't disappear. Um, But in court, it was described about how intricate this plan was. I think when he was arrested initially, nobody here realised you know, what a big player Arrakis was on the international scene and what an extraordinary story was going to unfold over the over the the coming years and the sort of people that were going to get caught up in it and, like Keating, plead guilty to their role in it. But just to go to this, the person at the centre of the assassination attempt, Niall, Mago Gately, because a month later, even after this plot was um, undone, the Kinahan Cartel tried again. Who is he, and why were they so desperate to, to see him dead? Well,
0: Michael Gately um, grew up on, in Sheriff Street area, and um, he would have been childhood friends of a couple of people that that really went on to become major criminal figures. Uh, two of them, in particular, would have been Gary Hutch um, and Paddy Doyle. Um, Gary. Or Gary Hutch, of course, his, his murder is really seen as the beginning of the, H- the Hutch-Keenan feud. He was killed in Spain um, and Paddy Doyle was also killed in Spain. Um, so they were part of a, a, a group of young guys who were associated with the Fat Freddy and that the, 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 the Crumland-Drimna feud. They were based on the north side and Mago Gately would have been drawn in with these guys at a very, very young age um he would have um back in in the early you know even 10 12 years ago the sunday world would have had pictures of him over in spain um with paddy doyle and gary hutch as you know a very very young man at that stage mixing with some of the most the the, ma- the biggest criminals in 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 ireland and some of them in europe as a as a young man a very trusted member of that 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 crew um he would have Um, come back to Dublin he would have been he was arrested in connection with the murder of Eamon de Don Dunn never faced any charges and obviously never been convicted but he was certainly associating with those people but Mago Gately was loyal to the Hutches. I mean, although he was associate and he, there, famously there's a picture of him doing a, a boxing match with where Daniel Keenan is coaching him and and uh, giving him advice. It's a charity boxing match over in Spain. But Mago Gately was 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 a Hutch guy, been raised with those guys. They they would have he would have been treated almost as a family member by them. Um so when Gary Hutch was killed, and um, you know Mago sided with the Hutches and um, the Sunday World of course was at the funeral of of Gary Hutch and Mago was one of the guys carrying his coffin and Daniel Keenahan obviously would have known Mago Gately would have been friendly with him just as he was with Gary Hutch I mean they 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 shared an apartment but in the aftermath we, we would have heard that that Daniel wanted to keep on side with Mago Gately would not have wanted to fall out with him but Mago Gately was not for turning. They killed his friend. And um as things progressed, obviously the Regency Hotel happened, the shooting, and instantly then the Keenan Cartel decided that this guy had to had to go. and um, you know, he he so he became him and Patsy Hutch as well, the monk's brother. They became the focus of an array of mur- of murder plots those two guys in particular i mean the amount of people that have come before the courts for trying to kill for trying to kill them they were the number one targets obviously jerry hutch as well but jerry hutch wasn't wasn't around but 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 mago and patsy were patsy in particular was was in dublin constantly there was no restrictions of what they were going to do there
1: was no amount of money they weren't going to spend to try and get these guys so now in a way mago gately was one of the few sort of Hutch associates that had survived out in Spain and who knew a lot about the inner workings of Kinahan's circle himself because he had been in it. So while Patsy Hutch was never in that inner circle, he was a different age group, a different vintage than them. Mago himself was probably the most senior associate of Gary Hutch, who wasn't, who didn't come into the Kinahan's fold, who didn't take Kinahan's side. Because a lot of them, a lot of the local Dublin guys that would have been seen as loyal once to the Hutches, took the side of the Kinahans because they were seen as having more money and more power after the Regency. It was as simple as that. And uh, Mago stayed loyal to them. So he, I, I, I mean, I've always been, it's always been explained to me that... Um, Daniel would be sort of particularly nervous of Mago Gately, and I presume that's what he knows, as well as believing that he may have been part of that Regency Hotel attack, even though he's no convictions and etc. Daniel Kinnahan believes that, whether or not it's factual or not, so he's sort of, in a way, frightened on of him on a number of levels.
0: Yeah, I think I think Mago um, Gately, by by all accounts. Was a is is a quite a, a an intelligent guy, and um, certainly was quite wild in his youth. Um, you know, mashed, ran up a lot of driving convictions and stuff like that. But had a reputation, um, within the Sheriff Street area. But um, yeah, the Keenan, he would have been over there in Spain, and he would have he he probably would have been a more serious person, I suppose, Um there was a fear, I think, of them to an extent. Um, but of course, Michael, you know, it's, 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 if you think about it, these people were all friends. You think the Hutch and the Keenan's, of course. Is, but these people grew up together. They were teenagers together. You know, they, were, they, they, they lived a whole life as, as being friends. And, you know...
1: I think we were really aware of that at the beginning when the Regency and when the Gary Hutch murder happened. We were very, very aware of that. But as time went on it seemed that there were no sides because they were so unequal that the Kinahan side remained huge. Particularly in the north inner city, um, you know, it's always maybe not not seen as
0: as that, but there was really, really strong divides and some people that had known Mago, um, I mean, all his life ended up on the sides of the Kinahan. I mean, these are people that are linked by blood, you know, um. So it was a very, very tense atmosphere in there because these people were living on top of each other and chose sides that were, and got involved And in, there was people that Mago would have seen every day for all his childhood who ended up becoming involved in, in murder plots against the Hutches, you know. So it was a very, very tense situation.
1: So, well, he mightn't have liked it. The guards saved Mago Gately's life that April of 2017 when they burst in and, and arrested Imre Arrakis and, and collected the information and the others that have, some of whom have already pleaded guilty to their involvement in this plot. But a month later, he wasn't so lucky when he was at a, um, a, police, or sorry, a, a petrol station in Dublin and uh, he was shot a number of times.
0: Yeah, so I mean, he he, he, well, he wasn't lucky to be shot, but he is lucky to be alive. Um, you know, he was saved by the fact he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Um, he seems to have been under surveillance by the Ginoth gang. Um, they they were watching him, even though there was an incredible amount of attention on 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 them. They were still determined to get him. Um, so we pulled in at a at a petrol station in Clonshock, and a gunman jumped out of a car, shot him uh, five times. Once sustained, he sustained a bullet wound to the jaw, which is obviously you know inches from death. But probably um, what did save his life? He was shot four times, in the chest when he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Um, and then the gunman, who subsequently was jailed, um, fled the scene and burned out a car. Um, the gunman was a, a young man, uh, probably typical of the people that get sucked into the Keenan Cartel's orbit. A guy called Kaelan Smith, um, you know, uh, serving a twenty-year sentence for for his role in that for attempted murder, um, and Smith was linked up with with a gang in Kulak. Um, known as the Gucci Gang, Um, somebody who'd become involved in organised crime at a very high level at a very young age and uh, earned an extreme reputation for uh, violence, really, Um, operated as a hitman and a gunman. And, uh, yeah, Mago Gately survived. He gave a statement. It was said in court, but when it came to court, refused to give evidence, refused to give a victim impact
1: statement and uh, leave the fight another day. It was reported, and this might be his style victim impact statement, that in hospital following the shooting, he was roaring from the rooftops that uh, the feud wouldn't be finished until Daniel Kinnahan was dead. Um, now, Cailin Smith, 20 years sentence, and his accomplice, Gary McAreevy, a 53-year-old from Castle Bellingham in County Louth, has been jailed for three years also in relation to that uh, shooting. Um, to he burnt the getaway vehicle. So that is five people in total. And still there is uh, two men before the courts in relation to it. So that's a lot of heads to roll. And um, from Daniel Kinahan's point of view, from the cartel point of view, uh, not much success to show. Do you think that Mago Gately is still in trouble, is still going to have to look over his shoulder? <laughs>
0: Well, I would imagine he'd be looking over his shoulder for the rest of his life. I mean, that is the reality of it. Um, he's looking over his shoulder, uh, looking over both shoulders, I would say, um, because he was, he has been the subject of a, a, a Criminal Assets Bureau investigation. And they raided his house and uh, seized a number of items. Uh, I don't think that's been pro- processed through the court. So he's looking over his shoulder from that angle. Um but he's also looking over his shoulder for the fact that of all uh, the targets of the, the, the in the in the feud, um I don't think they'll ever uh, Michael will ever be able to sit in comfortably in Dublin and not be a target. But the heat has certainly died down at this stage. Um Mago by all accounts seems to have spent a good bit of the last few years moving around the world. Um true maybe through Eastern Europe, Central Europe. Um also there was talk of him being in Asia at one point. Um he seems to have had to, you know move from obviously spent a lot of time up the north. and um, there was reports about him meeting other uh, people associated with the Hutches on motorways and the M1 uh, in 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 garages. Um so it's never gonna be a it's never gonna be a comfortable existence, you know?
1: That is life from there on in. Um just two other points um before we leave this for the moment, because there has been so much there's been so much going through the courts of late regarding this whole Hutch and Kinahan situation and, and money laundering and everything. It's all sort of come to a head. And um I think a couple of months ago in the Sunday World, we did a special on the amount of people that were behind bars at the time. There was uh, 60, which we thought was a phenomenal amount of people to have been uh, jailed in relation to activities around the feud. But since then, we're going to have to go back and have another look because there's been even more since then. But Imre Arrakis, who is serving his time here in leash prison. He's in a segregated block of the prison. But he is, when he finishes his sentence here, wanted in Lithuania on a murder uh, charge. He is said to be one of three-man gang that conspired to murder somebody who was supposed to have had an affair with a famous Lithuanian pop star. And... Um, Arrakis has told the Guardi he here that he was in Spain on the relevant dates. The Lithuanian authorities want him um, and he's hoping to challenge the extradition. So that is before the courts. He's, he's been... It's very strange uh, photograph of him released where the years haven't been kind. No, the years have not been kind and unless you
0: like uh, grey mullets, I suppose. Um, but again, it's another... It's a, you know, that murder uh, or that, you know, that has gone through the courts at the moment in in, in in Eastern Europe. Again, it's the murder victim's girlfriend is one of the most famous pop stars in the country. And um, she's like a, a Cheryl Cole of, of Lithuania or whatever. So again, Arrakis. Um, and if of course, he's he has been updating at some point. He was updating from his prison cell, commenting on everything. You know, sending letters to the papers over there at one stage, um you know, so it, it he is certainly um we spoke about uh Mr. Nobody recently, like he's the exact opposite when it comes to criminal figures. I suppose it's that kind of narcissistic personality um, where you know you might be people might be talking about him in a negative sense but at least they're talking about him.
1: Mm -hmm. Somebody like him would be a worry to the likes of uh, Daniel Kinnehan because, you know, he's doing a lot of talking there and I'm sure there's always the concern that maybe he might um, talk to the police. Um, Finally, just before we leave it for the moment, uh, Freddie Thompson, currently serving life in prison for the murder of Dohey Douglas, uh, another feud murder, and obviously he was a key part of the... Uh, Umbrella Kinnahan Organised Crime Group but he's suing Um, he's taking a lawsuit because uh, he's been unfairly treated, is that right?
0: Yeah, so I mean Freddie Thompson uh, I think since he's gone behind bars has become a kind of a and um, well, he may, he, I'm sure he's saying he's standing up for his, his rights, but he's become a kind of a legal troll, I suppose, for want of a, a better description. And um, he's, he's brought a series of cases to do with um, being in, in, in uh, solitary confinement. You know, he's made a lot of complaints um, within the prison service, within the prison system about prison officers. He's been in, involved in a lot of that. But again, he's another, um, he wants, a. Uh, uh, yeah, he's looking for free legal aid. Um, and, you know, obviously other people have gone down this route of of constantly bringing these legal challenges. Whether he succeeds or not,
1: uh, time will tell. Okay, well, look, they'll keep us busy for another while anyway. Um, Niall Donald, thank you very much. Thanks.